0: It's an Englishman in the Balkans podcast and today is a very very special episode of the podcast because it's about something that I feel not many people know about, especially when it comes to Bosnian-Herzegovina. There's a lot of history involved in what we're going to be talking today and sometimes when you research things online you you don't actually get the real answer. And I'm going to qualify what I've just said, because, yeah, it depends on what you read. So the best person to tell a story about something is somebody that works with it all the time. Now, I'm joined today by Alexandra Buncic. Right, Alexandra is a scholar, and an expert when it comes to one of the most rarest documents in the world. And that document resides in Sarajevo in Bosnia and Herzegovina. It's, I think, I think someone's just going to tell me anyway, but I think it's from 1392. I might have the date slightly wrong there. As normal, the question goes to start the podcast. Who is Alexandra Buncic?
1: Thank you so much for the invitation and for the interest in this manuscript. And we did not reveal yet what what we will uh, be talking about and what is the manuscript in question. You said it correctly, it is housed at the National Museum of Bosnia and Herzegovina in Sarajevo. When it comes to me and the question who I am, uh, I'm an art historian and a scholar and I'm very passionate about the art, history and the mysteries that are connected with this, uh, I dare to say, very important and significant manuscript.
0: Alexandra, what is the Sarajevo Haggadah? And why is it considered so significant? Uh,
1: so, in general, uh, the Haggadah is a book uh, read on Pesach or Passover, that is a Jewish holiday commemorating the liberation of the Israelites from a four hundred years captivity in Egypt, as described in the Book of Exodus. Haggadot, which is a plural of Haggadah, emerged as a separate volumes. Um, at the beginning of the 14th century, following the expansion and influence of Christian book production. The Sarevo Haggadah belongs to a group of Iberian Haggadot, of which only 15 are known to survive, and you put it so correctly that it's a rare manuscript if we uh, consider its historical, artistic and cultural uh, value. The Sarajevo Haggadah contains the most extensive cycle of illustrations uh, depicting both the book, uh, the book of Genesis and the book of Exodus, which is to some extent unusual because the story of the Haggadah itself is connected with the, with the events described in the book uh, of Exodus. The Sarajevo Haggadah is significant not only because of the story that it contains, the biblical story that it illustrates, but also the history that it tells. And that is the journey from Spain, medieval Spain, where the manuscript was produced, to the Sarajevo, to the National Museum of Bosnia and Herzegovina.
0: So how did it actually end up? in Sarajevo? Uh,
1: Well, that is the question that historians or art historians um, don't know. Uh, The actuality or the precise uh, list of the events that led uh, the Sarajevo Haggadah to end up in in the Sarajevo are, of course, uh, not known. And we are seeking the uh, scholarly ways and studies to uh, give the possible options and uh, arguments of how this could happen. So although we don't know the exact date or place of its uh, productions, there are some clues within the manuscript that enable us to peek, so to speak, in, into its uh, history. For example, we have a page, Halakhmania, a, a, which has a three Uh, coats of arms, one of which is uh, connected to the County of Barcelona. And of course, we have some other features, for example, the style and the art, how the certain uh, figures are executed, that would put this um, Haggadah into a certain uh, region uh, within the medieval Spain, of course. We do know that uh, the manuscript was produced around the uh, 1350s. Not, we, as I said, don't know the exact uh, date or time. We know that it it uh, uh, is um, produced in Hebrew in medieval Catalonia, which is nowadays uh, northern Spain. And we also have a clues about who might be able to commission such manuscript and uh, since back in the Middle Ages, book production was a very elaborate process and only a wealthy persons could commission such um, a richly illustrated uh, manuscript.
0: It was due to a fact of watching a Turkish television series on Netflix called The Club. And it opened up to me the story of jewish people who had left spain during the inquisition and arrived in turkey and that they spoke a very unique language called ladino at the same time here in banyaluka at the banyaluka fest a lady came to sing in ladino i then found out that there are three families in in Banuluka, who are Sephardic Jews, and the grandfather used to speak Ladino. How many people came to what is now Bosnian-Herzegovina from Spain back in those days when the Haggadah was created?
1: Uh, thank you for that question. It's, it's actually an important one, because we want to trace the journey of the Sarajevo Haggadah from medieval Spain Uh, to Sarajevo. And there are many bumps on the way and we are trying as scholars to connect the dots along this journey. So we do know that first families arrived in Sarajevo around uh, or at the beginning of the 16th century. And we have Ottoman records that mention some uh, Sephardic families. However, we don't know and it's plausible to claim that the Sarevo Haggadah came with those families, because within the manuscript, we have some other spots on this journey, including uh, modern it- uh, uh, early modern Italy, uh, where the manuscript was at the beginning of the 17th century. So there is a historical journey connecting three dots in the history of the Sarevo Haggadah, first being... Uh, medieval Spain, then the region of uh, Italy, possibly uh, around the cities of Modena or uh, Venice, where the manuscript was censored by a Roman Catholic censor in 1609. So we have a confirmation within the pages of the manuscript itself that at that particular period, the manuscript was in Italy. And then from there, we have a gap and in, at the 19th century in the city uh, records and also at the records of the National Museum of Bosnia and Herzegovina, we have a mention of the manuscript when a family member of Sephardic coin family sold the manuscript to the National Museum of Bosnia and Herzegovina. So this gap and how the manuscript reached from Italy to Sarajevo is something that we still explore and try to figure out the possible ways, one of which is that the unfavorable circumstances for Jewish communities in Italy back in the, um, let's say, around uh, mid-19th century were uh, circumstances that led owners of the Sarajevo Haggadah to move from uh, Northern Italy uh, to Sarajevo and to settle here.
0: You're listening to an Englishman in the Balkans.
1: Hi and dobrodošli. My name is Ivana and I'm the heart and soul behind the Balkan Seas podcast, coming to you all the way from beautiful Australia. As a former refugee, I've walked the path of resilience and transformation. My mission to empower Balkan women and men to heal, thrive, and grow through my coaching and mentoring programs. Join me on this incredible journey of self-discovery, community, and belonging. Together, we'll rewrite our stories and move forward towards a brighter future. Balkansi's podcast, your source of authentic stories, inspiration, and wisdom. Ready to make a difference? Dive in and follow us today.
0: So what makes the illustrations and the illuminations in the Sarajevo Haggadah unique.
1: So uh, I believe that it's the visual interpretation of the certain biblical episodes that do not have any parallels in any form of art throughout the Middle Ages. For example, the first image in the creation cycle illustrating the pre-creation moment where the golden wavy uh, lines represent uh, God, or facelessness angels ascending and uh, descending from heavens in the episode of uh, Jacob's letter. So the illuminator of the use Haggadah uh, had actually unique visual interpretation and understanding of the text of the uh, Tanakh and used this visual interpretation to transform uh, into very unique, I would say um, subtle, um, subtle uh, visual language.
0: Bosnian Herzegovina has had more than its fair share of of crisis and chaos from before the Turkish Ottomans came. Then there was the time of the Austro-Hungarians, the First World War. Then the sad Events of the Second World War, Sarajevo and Bosnia and Herzegovina is occupied by three different nations. And then more recently, the tragic inter ethnic conflict, which Sarajevo really, really suffered under. So, how has the Haggadah survived these historical challenges through wars and conflicts?
1: Um, Thank you for for that question. It's really important in addressing the circumstances and how as people we can safeguard and take care of our uh, national uh, artifacts or monuments that that represent our mutual history. I would say that it's a genuine admiration and acknowledgement of the beauty and the importance of the Sarajevo Hagada a unique document that it's nowadays recognized by institutions around the world including UNESCO and also by a first uh, and also uh, by first and uh, nowadays also staff of the uh, museum who is for 130 years taking care not only on the Sarajevo Haggadahs, but also on other artefacts that are of value for the history of Bosnia and Herzegovina.
0: In my country, in my history, we learn through art as well. The last occupation of Britain was from the Normans, and the story of that Norman invasion... Is taught in all schools through the bio-tapestry. So, this artwork is an amazing storytelling medium. What stories does the Haggadah tell us?
1: I would say, for example, there are some key themes or stories depicted in the Sarajevo Haggadah that we can resonate with today. Um, there are two images or, or, or pages that I would like to bring uh, your attention and attention of the listeners and um, people who will be watching the podcast. The first one is the uh, within the part of the illuminations depicting Yom Ahad, or the first day of creation, as the Genesis story teaches us, when God separated lights from. The darkness. And this depiction is almost 21st century abstract art where you have a clear division of the two opposite poles, one uh, depicting light on the right hand side, and the other executed in black, depicting the uh, darkness on the left uh, hand side. So for me, this episode really represents the duality of life and teaches us to distinguish what is important and what is not important in our life, so to speak, what brings us the darkness and what brings us life uh, or light into uh, our lives. The other image that I would like uh, to mention here is uh, within the text of the Haggadah in the Codex itself, Um, And it's uh, richly decorated, ascending uh, Hebrew letter Lamed or uh, uh, El that reminds us that we should uh, give honor um, to the one who made all the miracles and took us from slavery to freedom, from servitude to redemption, from sorrow to happiness, from mourning to festivity and from dark, deep darkness to great light. Uh, living in those unprecedented times, I believe that every individual can resonate with the messages that this quote brings.
0: It's a great storytelling document. And like other medieval documents as well, people are still trying to work out how it was actually put together. How did the craftsmen and artists use their skills to create something that lasted for hundreds and hundreds of years. What is your understanding with your project about how this medieval manuscript was produced?
1: So, first of all, there are several things that are important to mention here. First, in the begin, uh, in the Middle Ages, the book production moved from scriptorias in monasteries to urban workshops leading to expansion of the titles that were covered, and also the titles that did not include only or exclusively uh, secret texts, but also uh track thesis on astronomy, astrology, uh, medicine, and so on. So as I mentioned, uh, uh, manuscript production is a very elaborate process that involves several stages from skin production from preparing animals uh, slaughtering them and preparing uh, their skin for uh, for parchment that is the first one then uh, the outlining of the pages and how the manuscript will actually look like and that stages uh, that stage also involves scribes and oftentimes illuminators Sometimes that would be the same person, but oftentimes that would be two different or two uh, two different people working on on uh, production of single volume. When I mentioned production process, I also have to mention that it's a very elaborate process, very expensive process back uh, uh, in the Middle Ages, and producing a single volume could take up for a year, and it would, as I mentioned involves several individuals working together, including scribe, uh, illuminator, uh, oftentimes a religious advisor and commissioner who would express his wishes on how he wants the manuscript to look like. It is also important to mention that uh, back in the Middle Ages, uh, uh, Jews were not allowed to be members of guilds. So, we do have some understanding that uh, Jewish scribes and Christian illuminators worked together in the production of uh, Jewish illuminated manuscripts, but we do lack knowledge about where those manuscripts were and how the process itself uh, was developing um, and was followed uh, by. Uh, it. In Nowadays, it's very important to mention modern technology that enables us to study medieval manuscripts, including Jewish illuminated manuscripts in ways that were not possible before. And some of those uh, methodologies and technologies are non-invasive technologies, which means that... um, minimum damage would be uh, made to the manuscript or to this certain artifact by exploring its features that now we can uh, study, for example, inks, we can study the production process, how the manuscript was gathered in the medieval um, uh, book uh, workshop, and also the different animals that were used for the production of the parchment. For example, in the project that I'm lead scholar to it, nowadays we are able to distinguish different species that are used for the production of certain folios or pages, parchment leaves uh, within the Sari of
0: Veliki pozdrav svima, kogoda nas sluša bilo gdje u svijetu. Uh, volim vas sve, šaljem mnogo ljubavi, uh, poljubaca i pozdrava. Uh, pratite Ultra Magazine, ultra.ba ili ga potražite na Tik Instagramu ili Facebooku. Ja sam tu također za uh, sve vas. Možemo se družiti, možemo sarađivati. Potražite me na Instagramu, Dijana Tepšić. You're listening to an Englishman in the Balkans. Back when the Jewish people were expelled from Spain as a result of the Inquisition. Um, The the Roman Catholic faith at the time was the dominant Christian faith. There hadn't been any protests. There hadn't been any Protestants at that time. And so they have expelled the Jewish community from Spain. And yet you've said that there is this multi-faith Component to the Haggadah with Jewish scribes and Christian um, artists doing the, the the artwork, as it were. How was how did that happen? How was that allowed to happen? Well, uh, that's
1: a very tricky question, and as I mentioned, we don't have enough information. We do have. Uh, more of the information about the encounter between uh, between Christian illuminators and Jewish scribes happened in the group of haggadot that are connected with the Central uh, European region. Uh, that means Ashkenazi uh, haggadot. We do not have, unfortunately, enough information about the workshops uh, in medieval Spain and how this encounter. Uh, Happened. However, we do not know. We know that those encounters happened on multiple fields, including art, but also on the marketplace, uh, with very strict regulations. How how um, uh, one another of it could uh, communicate and uh, do their business.
0: I know that the Jewish community um, shrank for various reasons which we all know about historically since the Second World War. But the small Jewish community now in Bosnia and Herzegovina, what is their relationship to the Haggadah?
1: So I think that generally speaking, not only for the uh, Jewish community of Sarajevo, but I will mention that in the moment as well, but generally to Jewish communities around the world, the Sarevo Haggadah is a manuscript I dare to say we make pilgrimage to. And it serves us uh, as a mirror that reflects both the times of prosperity and times of uh, darkness. Uh, it is a witness to different circumstances, challenges, and changes that happened to Jewish communities back in medieval Catalonia, as I mentioned, and also in early modern Italy. Um, the Sarajevo Haggadah also reflects the life of Bosnian Sephardic community and, if you will, of Jewish community nowadays. But to some extent, the manuscript itself locks the its historical, religious, and cultural value within uh, its uh, its pages. And although the Sarajevo Haggadah is now in different setting, which is museum setting as an artifact um, and not uh, in a family home to be read during the Pesach, during uh, the holiday, its didactic purpose remained almost the same, and that is to teach us and to transmit the story of the Exodus to the future generations. Dor Vador, as the text of the Haggadah mentions, from generation to generation. As we are obliged to to tell the story of the exodus and salvation from the slavery in Egypt uh, every single uh, Pesach. Uh, my hope is that the Sarajevo Haggadah will outlive us all, and that we are here to share the story and its uniqueness with, within with the world.
0: A lot of seriously important religious documents books etc are now held in museums but on certain occasions they are removed from the from the museum and used as a reference for maybe a ceremony or something of great importance does the haggadah still get removed from its resting place in the museum? for use in any Jewish uh, celebrations?
1: I have to say that nowadays not. Uh, The Haggadah is on display at the museum twice a week uh, during, uh, uh, on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays from noon to uh, one o'clock and it is uh, pulled away only for the scholarly analysis not for um, religious purposes. However, I uh, know, although I was very small back uh, then during the war, that uh, the Sarajevo Haggadah was removed from the museum to serve as Haggadah uh, with uh, this uh, purpose that it has and for purpose that it was produced uh, during Pesach celebration uh, uh, in the war, in the recent Bosnian war.
0: Alexander, how can people you said it's open for viewing at certain times during the week and it's I think it's very important that people that visit Bosnia-Herzegovina that visit Sarajevo, should see this as a scholar do you think there's going to be the possibility for people to see it for longer periods of time where it could be open to the public or is it kept away for not only security but but the way that the environment treats manuscripts these days?
1: Uh, yes, it's a very important uh, question, and it adds to the value of the manuscript and also uh, sharing the story of the Sarevo Haggadah with the world and with the visitors, not only uh, to the National Museum of Bosnia and Herzegovina, but around the world. And this podcast is one of the ways of sharing these stories, the story. Um, However, as I mentioned, uh, the Sarajevo Haggadah is open for public twice a week uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I believe first um, uh, Saturday uh, in the month from noon to one o'clock when visitors are invited to admire its beauty and the history that uh, it tells. Uh, And there are also some other ways that... um, People can learn uh, about the Sarevo Haggadah, including this uh, podcast and also some uh, other information, including the information uh, from the national mu- official website of the National Museum of Bosnia and Herzegovina and also the official web uh, page of the UNESCO uh, Memory of the World uh, Heritage List.
0: I think it's an absolutely fascinating thing that more people should know about. It certainly is part of the history of and herzegovina pre-Turkish occupation. And for me, that is the most unusual part of the history of the country because it seems that everything for a foreigner, for a tourist, starts when the Turks arrive. But the country has so much more in the way of stories and history before that.
1: Uh, yes, I agree, but I just want to correct you in the terms of when the Haggadah came to Sarajevo and that is definitely after uh, the Turkish occupation or the Ottoman occupation. So the, uh, the first records that we have of the Sarajevo Haggadah, although, as I mentioned, we don't know the exact time or who who brought the manuscript, we know that it came, uh, or the first record shows around um, the end of uh, 19th century, to be precise, 1894. We have a first mention in the official documents of the Austro-Hungarian Empire that there is this manuscript and the family member of Koen family family um, wants to sell it to the newly established National Museum of Bosnia and Herzegovina. So, although it is nowadays part of Bosnian and Herzegovinian uh, heri- cultural heritage, the manuscript was produced back in medieval Spain, and it was brought to to the Sarajevo, to Bosnia and Herzegovina, which was back then uh, ruled by Austro-Hungarian Empire.
0: How many people in the Jewish community that still remains in Sarajevo, and maybe the one or two, three people that live outside in rural uh, bosnia Um Alexander, how many people still speak Ladino?
1: Well, it's, it's unfortunately that uh, uh, unfortunately not many and I would say that people rather sing in Ladino than speak in Ladino. Uh, there are some attempts not only within Jewish community of uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina, but around the university, uh, but at the universities around the world, to preserve the language, and to bring new speakers um, that are able to to speak and communicate in Ladino. Um, some of the initiatives are uh, connected with the University of Washington and also there is um, uh, the language project that uh, enforces the investigation of the Ladino language and its uh, pre- preservation. Um, two years or three years back, I believe it was pandemic. The, I would say, last uh, speaking um last person speaking Ladino language passed away. And I would recommend, highly recommend a documentary based on Maurice uh, Alterat's, uh, Morris Alterat's um, uh, individual uh, and a movie that describes his life and also uh, portrays well the... Uh, the importance of preservation of ladino language within the jewish community but as i mentioned also uh, in in a world uh, setting
0: finally alexandra as a scholar and an expert who is so passionately involved with this project what would you like to see as the end result of all your work is it a museum that is built around the haggadah as its own subject do you think it should stay in 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 a national museum what would you like to see the final result for the haggadah for people in the world to know about it
1: well as a scholar we also always try to escape the finality of the things uh, leaving the, the place for uh, future discoveries and a uh, study of this important manuscript. So what I hope and believe that will happen is that the more scholars and people around the world will recognize its value and they will unite to help the National Museum of Bosnia and Herzegovina to preserve not only the Haggadah, but also other uh, artifacts that are of equal importance and that stand along uh, with uh, proudly, I would say, with, with the Sarajevo Haggadah.
0: For people that are watching or, or listening to this and have been enthused by it, what can they do to find out more for their own education, for their own for their own satisfaction? Uh,
1: First of all, they can visit the National Museum of Bosnia and Herzegovina. And as you mentioned, this is the purpose of promoting uh, or inviting people to visit Bosnia and Herzegovina. So I encourage those who are able to travel to visit the National Museum and to see the Haggadah uh, in its uh, uh, showcase in, in the room and to listen the curators explaining more about its cultural and religious significance. The second thing is people can visit the official page of the National Museum and read a little bit more about the manuscript, also involving the official uh, record of the UNESCO uh, Heritage List where the, Sagad, uh, where the Sarajevo Haggadah is inscribed as a unique monument to the humankind. Um, They can, of course, listen to this podcast and read uh, more about um, the Sarevo Haggadah in different venues. So you would have a scholarly venue that describes the art and history of the manuscript and provides uh, important or unique insights into uh, depictions or images illustrating biblical events or or history in uh, Italy and so on. Then you have uh, venues that are um, or uh, artworks that are inspired by the Sarajevo Haggadah but are not necessarily have the foundation or the history of the Sarajevo Haggadah uh, in their core. For example, there is a music play um, inspired by the Sarajevo Haggadah and also a fiction uh, book inspired by the Sarajevo Haggadah. So there are plenty of options. And nowadays that we live in virtual world, uh, we can easily use uh, Google and search for the options that we are interested in.
0: Alexandra, thank you so, so much for giving me your time today. Uh, I'm thoroughly intrigued now. For the next time that I go to Sarajevo, I've got to be there on that day between midday and one to go and see it and with a bit of luck um, Tamara and I can catch up with you for a for a coffee and uh, find out a lot more Alexandra Bunčić from the Hag the Hagadah project in Sarajevo Bosnia Herzegovina thank you very very much for an exceedingly exciting podcast
1: thank you so much for your time and your interest in sharing the Sarajevo Haggadah story and the positive stories from Bosnia and Herzegovina.